Give him a chance to come forward then. If you guys want the Mahdi, and you want this justice, and you want the problems to be solved, then hear the message that I'm saying and give us an opportunity to prove it to you. A real opportunity where the 12th Imam has a stage, a platform, where he can come forward and protection be guaranteed for him and uh, proclaim his message uh, without the threat of being assassinated uh, or killed. Thank you for joining me again, Dr. Afan. It's an honor to be with you again, Amasal. The honor is all mine. Today we want to uh, talk about uh, our call and uh, what it is that we are calling towards. Um, the main aspect, and we've mentioned this so many times, is this idea of the supremacy of God. That only God has the right to appoint the leader. Right. And what is it that we believe? We believe that the uh, Imam al Mahdi, salam, whom is with us, Muhammad ibn Hassan al Askari, whom sent forward Ahmed al Hassan, the first of the Mahdi's, and he sent myself uh, forward, declaring that my name is written in the will of the Prophet Muhammad. Uh, the successor to Ahmed al-Hassan, the second of the 12 Mahdi's that succeed um, Imam al-Mahdi We believe that Imam al-Mahdi is the legitimate ruler over the Muslim lands. That he was the one whom God intended to rule. And that he is the quote-unquote pope, so to speak, uh, supreme leader, uh, the greatest ayatollah, so to speak. He is the political and religious leader. He has the keys in his hands to the heavens and the earth. He is the imam of the time that whoever does not have in their neck a pledge of allegiance to him will die the death of ignorance. There's no difference between them and any sort of uh, idol worshiper. God chose him specifically for many reasons. Um, one is that he embodies all of the qualities, the good qualities, and God only has good qualities, uh, the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In him is the Holy Spirit. Uh, in him is the will of God. Um, and he is the one whom uh, it is an obligation upon him to take care of the needs and the affairs of all of the Muslims. Mm. So in our religion, it was the job, the duty of the Prophet Muhammad in his time. And some people, they ask, what is, what is he saying after the name of the Prophet Muhammad? I'm saying, Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Peace be upon him and his family. And the reason why I do that is because the family of Muhammad and the Prophet Muhammad himself had said in many narrations to not 
basically amputate the prayers after the name of the prophet and to amputate the name the the prayers after uh, the or the dua after the name of the prophet is to send peace and blessings upon him and not upon his family mm -hmm. because his family are his successors uh, Ali ibn Abi Talib and then the grandchildren of the Prophet Muhammad al-Hassan al-Hussein and going down nine Imams uh, from uh, the bloodline of Imam al-Hussein salam culminating in the 12th Imam whom we are calling towards now. Right. Uh, in the time of the Prophet Muhammad, it was an obligation upon him, you know, to take care of the affairs of the Muslims. He could not have a single individual um, that is under his rule as a part of his nation uh, that would go hungry. Uh, Imam Ali salam, uh, was very careful uh, about this fact. Uh, equality and justice had to be a sign of their state. Okay? Yes. There could not be any person that is suffering or poor, not even an animal, not even an ant within their kingdom uh, that was being oppressed, right? right? Or else the responsibility would fall upon the person who is the leader. And you have many narrations uh, to the effect of, uh, even in Sunni Islam, that show that, um, you know, Abu Bakr and Omar and Uthman were, uh, even though they were illegitimate rulers that were not appointed by the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu to succeed him, mm -hmm. they were very well aware of this expectation that the uh, Muslim world had after the death of the Prophet Muhammad and uh, and they also held these rulers to account and uh, there were many instances before during their time and after their time and after Imam Ali's time where uh, people like Abu Dar and other Muslims would, would voice their complaints against the oppression and the tyranny that would come from those rulers that were not appointed by God. Imam Ali he also says that, uh, you know, and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu that if the people would have uh, followed Ali, right, and the Imams say that if the people would have followed Ali after the death of the Prophet, then they would have eaten from above their heads and from their left to the right and all over the place they would have been sustained. And the reason for that is because a divinely appointed Imam always has the interest of the people in mind. Uh, Imam Ali he famously said, you know, I have come to you wearing this shirt of mine and if I leave wearing another shirt, meaning after the completion of my, of my rule, uh, if I leave wearing a different shirt than this one shirt that I have, then you can accuse me of treachery. Wow. Okay. And uh, they used to have in their, those times a house of funds. And the house of funds of the Muslims would, would basically be the place where all of the taxes would be collected. Um, the fifth of the war booty and the other source of, sources of income that belong to the state, it would be placed in this house of funds. And anybody who was an orphan, anybody who was a widow, anybody who was in need, anybody who, who had any sort of issue at all, they could go to the house of funds and they could receive a salary or or they could um, have their, uh, you know, their things paid for, right, right. by the state. Um, so the existence of homeless people, 
um, people need, people that go hungry. Uh, this is something that would never happen in the state of Muhammad and the family of Muhammad. And it is something that is uh, that the leader or the ruler himself, uh, the divinely appointed imam from God, was very conscious of um, taking care of. And he knew that he would be held accountable uh, by God uh, if this specific duty wasn't completed. So the successors of Muhammad, the saw themselves and they were, and the understanding of this caliph or this ruler over the Muslims was uh, not uh, like people understand the role of a president or a prime minister or a king to be today, but rather he was seen as a guardian, a custodian, over two things, over the religion of God, to ensure that no corruption infiltrates it, right? And that it remains in its pure form. Um, and any ma religious matters that the people were confused about, he would be able to uh, clarify that for them and always keep the people on that original form of Islam or religion. And he was a custodian over the Muslims himself. Uh, themselves, he was a or the the righteous shepherd, right, uh, so to speak, that would ensure that nobody was oppressing anybody else, and that there were no un injustices that were taking place in society, and that everybody was comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, every single one of the divinely appointed imams, uh, including the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi himself. Um, they were, they did not have riches. Uh, they were not, um, um, they would not allow themselves to have anything that the rest of their society and members of the society uh, went without. Right. Do you understand? Right. So the same standard of living that the nation had was the same standard of living that the imams had or the prophet had. Rather, they were one step even uh, below to ensure that the people had what they what they needed. And there are many examples of this. And uh, Imam Ali was was uh, basically praised in the Holy Quran because. Um, you know, when he was praying one day, uh, he basically a man came in to the masjid and he was asking uh, for, uh, you know, for some charity. And uh, Imam Ali salam, hearing the man asking for charity and he was in a state of bowing, he leans over and he puts out his hand in order for the man to take the ring that was out of his hand. Mm -hmm. And then Imam Ali salam, became praised in the verse. Um, you know, which stated to those who give charity while they are in a state of, uh, you know, bowing. Right. And, and, and so here you have an example of a man who's a leader uh, over the people and qualified to be a leader over the people that, that he considers the, the needs of the people to be even more important than his act of worship at the moment to God, right? That his prayer to God is less important than, than fulfilling the need of the human being that's asking, regardless of whether he was a true believer or not a true believer, an atheist, a Christian, a Jew, just the fact that there's a human being in his land around him that's asking for something it was an obligation upon him to ensure that he gave that. You have uh, the, the Prophet Muhammad's uh, daughter, 
uh, Fatima to Zahra who famously also, um, you know, gave up her uh, wedding dress that she was supposed to get married in uh, as charity, the, uh, the basically on the day uh, or the night of her of her wedding. Um, and Muhammad and the family of Muhammad, in many narrations, uh, they went hungry um, and they didn't eat for several days in order to ensure that their neighbors or their guests had their food, right? When there was even sewage problems and, and, and some sewage from the neighbor, he was doing it intentionally to harm Imam al-Hassan salam. Uh, Imam Hassan silently would go out and he would, uh, you know, clean the area every single day. And so the 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 thing the the thing about it is is that the ruler is supposed to be the person who places humanity first. He places the needs of his people first. He considers himself. He is that true guardian custodian, right, of the people. We're saying that to get a ruler like that, because nobody knows what's in the hearts of man, the only way that you can get a ruler like that is to go back to the Prophet Muhammad, who we believe was appointed by God, and see who he says God appoints after him. And we do that, and we go to the will of the Prophet Muhammad, and we find that on his deathbed, he writes down a piece of paper, right? He dictates to Imam Ali, Imam Ali writes on a piece of paper this will. Mm. The only dying wish of the Prophet Muhammad was that the people follow those names and appoint as rulers over them, those rulers that were appointed by God, and they were all members of his household. Okay. Right. And, uh, and, and, and so they were most deserving of inheriting the role of the Prophet Muhammad and to rule over the Muslim nation, not just if it was just a matter of them being the children of the Prophet Muhammad, uh, and grandchildren, descendants of the Prophet Muhammad, that in itself would have been justice because he is the one who actually united all of the Arabs and he is the one who founded the very empire. And if the Muslims today consider that it is the legitimate right of the family of Saud, you know, who are ruling one of the most, right, uh, holy places uh, in the minds of most of the Muslims, which is uh, Mecca, Medina, these lands uh, where the Prophet's body lies and also where the Kaaba is, right? If most of the Muslims, they believe that these are, um, you know, that this is the most holy site in all of Islam, the holy sites in all of Islam. If they believe uh, that, it is the right of the family of Saud because they established the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, right? The so-called mm -hmm. kingdom of Saudi Arabia, just because they established it um, in modern times, right? right? Uh, after the World War II, then, then, and and so it becomes their right to pass down the kingship from father to son and then from son to brother and then from brother to brother and then from brother to brother and then from from brother to his own son if that's their right to do it to keep it within their family don't you think that it is more 
of the right of the Prophet Muhammad who made these sites, mm -hmm. these sites holy for all Muslims and united all of these nations upon the revelation that came down to him and made them all united in, on religion and in, and in, and in language mm -hmm. that, and in culture. Isn't it more of a right for him to pass along the kingship of those nations to, the, uh, to his family? And yet we find them being ousted and put on the sidelines, right? And you have these other people mm -hmm. um, that are ruling in their place. Uh, we believe that we believe that um, these individuals who came from the family of the Prophet Muhammad, this is where the Holy Spirit went to, right? And because the Holy Spirit is within them, and because they are God's choice, God chooses them for a reason. We believe that a person who's chosen by God wouldn't be chosen by God if he cared about the affairs of the world, meaning if he cared about gathering gold and silver, and, uh, you know, he was a tyrant or cared about, you know, himself more than he did the people. Yes. That a person who's chosen by God is always the person who is most qualified to lead the people because he is just. And, there, and therefore, God gives this just person control mm -hmm. over the people and over the land and over the affairs because he would be the best one to serve them, right? Right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the holy hadith, right, that, um, the, the, you know, the Prophet Muhammad said that, uh, you know, the, the, the creation are the children of God. And the best of them are the ones whom are the kindest and the most compassionate to the creatures of God. So the best of creation are the ones whom take care of the rest of creation. And we find that the imam of the time is always the best of creation because he has the um, interest of the people in mind. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. Yeah. And so we find that these rulers from the family of Saud um, are not millionaires, but they are billionaires owning hundreds of billions um, of dollars, while there are literally people in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, even though I don't like using that term because it doesn't belong to them and it doesn't belong to their family in order that uh, they uh, name the kingdom after them. But I just use the word because it's what's familiar with our mm. viewers that are, that are tuning in. They own hundreds of billions of dollars. Uh, they own apartments. Mm -hmm. uh, they own uh, yachts. Uh, they own um, all kinds of properties all throughout the United States, uh, all throughout the United Kingdom, uh, all throughout the world. They're, they're, they're owning uh, football teams. Um, they're naming uh, entire uh, areas of universities, departments and universities after them. Okay, who gave them the right to do so? Yeah, this is the money of the Muslims. This is the money of the poor people that live in those countries. Mm. Yeah? Uh, they didn't choose for this to happen. Absolutely. Okay? Yeah. So we believe that these people whom are passing down the kingship from one family member to another family member, and they are forcing the rest of the people through the morality police and through their uh, intelligence services and all of that to obey them, 
or else they become tortured or beheaded. Those people who are implementing the jurisprudence of God, we believe these individuals to be the enemy of God, right? They are imposters, illegitimate rulers who usurped the rights of Imam al-Mahdi Uh, They are the enemies of Imam al-Mahdi. Imam al-Mahdi declares himself innocent of them. Mm -hmm. And we believe that um, it is the duties of the Muslims to remove these individuals that are harming them from power, Mm -hmm. uh, overthrow them, topple them, uh, at the very least... Because the Prophet Muhammad said that if you see a wrongdoing, it is your duty, right, to physically stop it. If you cannot physically stop it, then you should speak out against it. If you cannot speak out against it, then what should you do? You should, in your heart. At least oppose it in your heart, and that is the weakest of faith. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, Imam al-Mahdi, he is the relief for Muslims. And he is the one whom by his own lineage has the right to rule over the Muslim nations uh, by being a descendant of the Prophet Muhammad and whose name is mentioned in the will. The will that the Prophet wrote on his deathbed, the will that the Prophet promises that whoever holds on to it would never go astray. Okay? Mm, Yes. Um. So that's that's the the issue that we take uh, with the uh, Muslim lands today. Uh, is Imam al-Mahdi uh, appointed by God as a ruler over the entire world? Absolutely, he is. That's God's choice for ruler of the world. Um, but the world hasn't even accepted the Prophet Muhammad. And so there's no forcing them. Imam al-Mahdi does not force and Islam does not seek to impose itself uh, on any lands that the inhabitants of those lands are not proclaiming to be Muslim. The issue is in the lands where um, the inhabitants of those lands are being forced to endure oppression and tyranny under the name of Islam. Right. Right? Yes. So that is the issue. You have the same thing going on in uh, Iraq and Iran and part of Lebanon, okay? And uh, you have Syria, really, if you, you know, to tell the truth. These countries, um, the Shi- they have large Shia populations. And the Shia are uh, the main, uh, you know, especially in Iran and Iraq. And uh, in Iran, uh, they, the, the population is being oppressed under the name of Islam. And so it is a duty then upon Imam al-Mahdi salam to send forward a representative to publicly declare to the whole world and to the people of Iran and, and, and that uh, he is innocent of the rulers that are ruling over them. 
that the individuals who are ruling over them are imposters who do not represent Imam al-Mahdi in any way, shape, or form. In fact, they are the enemies of Islam, that the Bani al-Abbas, uh, that were the cousins of the, and, and, and claimed that they were descendants of the Prophet Muhammad's family, mm -hmm. okay? Um, and in the meantime, they oppressed and usurped the caliphate from Muhammad and the family of Muhammad mm -hmm. and were responsible for the murder of all of the imams from Jafar al-Sadiq all the way down to uh, Imam al-Hasan al-Askari that, that uh, the Bani al-Abbas has resurrected itself today. There's no difference between the Bani al-Abbas that did that and between the uh, rulers in the Iran that are wearing the dress of Rasulullah, uh, mm -hmm. putting on the black turbans, claiming to be descendants, claiming that they are representing Islam and pushing away Imam al-Mahdi and ruling and speaking uh, in his name. Yes. Um, meanwhile, the population is tormented, they're tortured, they're unable to escape the country, uh, they don't have any sort of freedoms whatsoever, they themselves hate the uh, clerics and the scholars that are, um, you know, that are over them. There's a, a tradition, a hadith uh, from the Ahl Bayt that says that there is, you know, one of the people that received the greatest torment in the hereafter uh, is uh, an imam who is hated by his people. Wow. An imam who's hated by his people is punished the most. Mm -hmm. So imagine these people, they usurp the title of Imam al-Mahdi mm -hmm. and they rule in his place and they keep their populations hungry. And uh, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, it's very well known in Iran that um, uh, these uh, ruling um, individuals that they all own properties uh, in Europe and, and, and America and all over uh, the world and that they themselves do not abide by that which they preach. And, and the rulers such as Khamenei Lanatullahi has access to the best medical facilities um, and hospitals and all of these uh, things, uh, the latest, um, you know, uh, the best health care. Right. right? Uh, they preach to the poor people of their nations uh, through their non-working scholars that if they're sick, if they're dying of cancer, mm -hmm. if they if they have like this or that, that all they need to do is to go visit uh, the shrine of Imam al-Rida or the mausoleum wow. of Imam al-Qasim or one of the imams and, and uh, that they would be miraculously healed. Uh, this is what they preach. Uh, and uh, they preach to them that you should donate, give give sila to the imam. If you give sila, if you donate at one of these mausoleums or shrines and you wipe your hands on the shrine itself and you cry enough and you beat your chest enough, that uh, God will cure you. Uh, but they themselves, when they get struck with something, like mm -hmm. Sistani, when he, uh, when he went, uh, when he had uh, something wrong with his eye, did he go to the shrines? He didn't go to the shrines. He didn't go to the shrine of Imam Ali and ask for help because uh, Imam Ali and the shrine are not going to benefit him in anything. And he knows that. He knows. And so what does he do instead? He flies to the United Kingdom and he has an operation um, done on his eye, right? Yes. 
So this is a great injustice. Uh, if you are in charge of a nation and you can't fly everybody out who's sick to London, right, to get treatment, then you don't get to go to London to get treatment yourself. What exactly. your people have is what you have to have. For these people that are speaking in the name of religion, even Iraq, by the way, it's supposed to be a quote-unquote democratic country. It's not a democratic country. It's not a democracy. Uh, it is basically a bunch of competing uh, religious clerics that each one of them has their own political agenda. You know, but at the end of the day, like they all fall underneath the power and the authority of the clerics, uh, the supreme ayatollahs, whether in Iraq or in or in Iran, the so-called supreme ayatollahs. That's where their allegiance goes, and they they basically sway the voters under religious pressure. Uh, they tell them that this is your religious obligation. This is what Imam Ali Islam would have wanted. You have to support this candidate, right? Or the issue of fatwa to support this candidate. And people just blindly go like sheep um, because of, uh, you know, they're believers in religion. And they, they think that they're fulfilling their religious obligation by choosing the ruler when really they're doing the exact opposite. And they're angering uh, their God who prohibited them in the Torah and in the Gospels and in the Quran from appointing their own leader. And he said that um, he is the one who appoints a ruler and a caliph in the land. So if there's a false democracy that's taking place uh, in Iraq, if the people in Lebanon are not even going to respect uh, their own uh, votes and they're going to uh, pledge allegiance to Hassan Nasrallah, uh, who's an agent of Iran, a whole different country, uh, state, right? If uh, the, the, the empire of Iran, right, the country of Iran, uh, if they're going to maintain control over their population in the name of religion, uh, if the kingdom of Saudi Arabia under the fatwas of religion are going to force that the people uh, stay away from democracy and abide by the uh, kingship that they have placed into uh, you know, uh, this, this monarchy system of pledging allegiance uh, to whoever it is that the family of Saud chooses to be the ruler uh, of the Muslims, uh, then... then isn't it better that all of this injustice and all of this chaos and all of this be wiped away? Um, and instead of all of this, all of the scholars go quiet, they shut their mouths. And uh, these uh, illegitimate rulers that came and popped out of nowhere, that they move aside and that a person who is just, who is appointed by God, who is a descendant of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu isn't it a better choice that he comes forward? No, absolutely. I mean, the way you, uh, I mean, which human being would not want to be ruled by a character like you described, like Imam Ali or one of the Imams from the Ahl Bayt who whose foremost thought is the needs of others before themselves. And then when you compare it to these jet-setting multi-billionaires who, who travel the world and get all their needs met and don't meet the needs of the people, who wouldn't be motivated to uh, overthrow these kinds of leaders? And, uh, and when you call the Mahdi the relief, it's such a great word because these people are really a burden and they suck on the, the like mosquitoes on the blood of their own people. Absolutely. And then, uh, so people, they might say, think to themselves, okay, well, then why don't the Mahdi come forward then? Mm. I mean, he needs supporters. Yeah, this is uh, the frustrating part. No, he needs supporters and he has come forward. Yes. And uh, the, the proof that he has come forward is because I'm sitting right here. 
Yes. I'm saying that Imam al-Mahdi, Muhammad ibn al-Hassan al-Askari, the 12th Imam whom all of the Shia world is waiting for, he has met with and sent forward messengers in the flesh. Okay? Yes. The first of them was Ahmad al-Hassan al-Yamani, whom declared his message in 1999. And uh, in retaliation to the fact that he declared his message, um, the government sought to kill him of Iraq, mm. and they oppressed him. And all of the scholars issued fatwas against him, and they ignored him. They didn't give him a chance to speak. And now I'm sent forward, and I'm here in the flesh speaking. I'm speaking. And I'm saying, give him a chance to come forward then. If you guys want the Mahdi, and you want this justice, and you want the problems to be solved, then allow, hear what I'm saying. Hear the message that I'm saying, and give us an opportunity to prove it to you. But an opportunity to prove it cannot come in the form of, of like just one person uh, making a comment on YouTube. Mm. It needs a, in a real opportunity where the 12th Imam has a stage, a platform where he can come forward and protection be guaranteed for him. And he can go face to face with these non-working scholars and, and uh, proclaim his message uh, without the threat of being assassinated uh, or killed. Because his very emergence poses a threat to the kingdoms, these false kingdoms uh, that were established. And for that reason, these governments, they hate Imam al-Mahdi and they don't want him. Mm. Um, and I am... You know, if, if people say, well, well, how do we know that you're not lying? Well, I guess, uh, one, you're going to have to believe that the prophet was not a liar. Uh, when the prophet wrote a will, because the Quran states that anybody who approaches death has to write a will. Yes. Um, if you think that the kingdom of the, 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 the monarchs, the kings of Saudi Arabia are so smart and witty, because they, each one of them will appoint publicly their successor mm. uh, before they pass away so that there's no chaos in the land. Mm. If you believe that Abu Bakr was so smart mm. that he appointed Umar ibn Khattab so that the Muslims don't rebel after Abu Bakr's death, then you have to give a little bit of credit for the Prophet Muhammad and assume that he too would have appointed his successors because he has more of a right to do so. And uh, the divinely appointed successor will always appoint his successor who's after him. They don't just leave things, um, you know, like that. And they're, they're, because some people say, oh, but nobody inherits from the prophet. But the Quran says that Solomon inherited from David. All right. And David and Solomon were both divinely appointed kings and they were divinely appointed prophets. And so my authority comes from a letter, which is the will of the Prophet Muhammad that he wrote on his deathbed that lists the names of the successors after him, all the way to the 12th Imam, Muhammad ibn Hassan al-Askari And it mentions the names of the first three Mahdis. 
the first three Mahdi's that uh, Ahmed and Abdullah um, come and have come before the rule of the 12th Imam in order to pave the way for him and they also succeed him um, as uh, his successors after his state is established. That is what we're, we're saying. And that is the message that we are proclaiming. That there is a king who has the legitimate authority to rule. He is the true successor. He has the divine right. By, uh, by his blood and by the choice of God. Why do the, the British people uh, believe, Erfan, and you're, you're a Brit, right? And, mm -hmm. and we're in the United Kingdom. Why do the, the British people believe that the monarchy, um, you know, uh, have the right to rule? They, they say, I mean, it all goes back to this, this idea of, of the divine right of kings, where they believe that if you go back to the origin of the monarchs in this country, that they were kind of appointed by, by God or the, 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 I guess the church. And uh, they, for this reason, it goes down the same pattern of succession, uh, usually to the firstborn son in this country. But you give allegiance to the king because he is appointed Okay, My so God. here in the UK, a country that is uh, super advanced, mm -hmm. a country that all these other, um, you know, a lot of other people, including Muslims from all around the world that they look up to and they want to migrate to and all these things yes. like this, right? Um, in this country here, they believe that the church um, gave power. Uh, they appointed in the name of Jesus Christ, yes, exactly. uh, the monarchy. So Jesus, God, right, for the Christians, mm -hmm. appointed the ruling family here to rule. Yes. Yeah. And that it's a holy bloodline now. Yes. And that each one whom passes, he has to appoint first before he passes his successor. Right. And the successor is usually like the firstborn or whatever. Yes. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. And the people have to pledge allegiance to him. Oh, yeah. Uh, they can uh, have like shura uh, between themselves. They can have aspects of government um, that uh, they run by themselves through democracy and through elections. Mm -hmm. But over them. Exactly. Uh, over the government, over the, 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 the House of Commons, right, mm -hmm. where the, the common people are elected into, uh, whenever they choose something, it still has to be approved by the House of Lords. Yes. Where the descendants of the, the people that own the land of exactly. the country, right, the true rulers uh, of this country. And then in the end, even uh, if the House of Lords approves something, it still has to be uh, validated mm -hmm. and get the stamp and the approval at the end of the day by the king, correct? Exactly. The idea is, is that you have uh, this country would call itself a secular state but the the monarch has the authority over both church and state at the very top so okay well wonderful that's great we're happy for the british people we're happy for the christians of this country uh, we're happy with anybody that's happy uh, with that rule it's their country they should uh, they should enjoy it you know and uh, we are only guests in this country yeah uh, at least i am yeah, but I'm saying that just like they have this system over here, mm. um, me and my forefathers um, were also a holy bloodline that were appointed by God, right? Mm. Uh, the God of Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he appointed us 
two, and we have the proof of it. Our names are written in the will of the Prophet Muhammad who established uh, the entire Islamic empire. And these people have usurped and killed and poisoned uh, my family for a very long time. Um, and they uh, imprisoned them, they murdered them, and they ruled in their name. They destroyed the image of Islam. Um, terrorist groups popped out in the name of Islam, uh, beheadings and other forms of rulings that have nothing to do uh, with my uh, forefathers. They, um, you know, have oppressed Islam itself, and they are oppressing currently the people in Islam's name. And we're saying that Imam al-Mahdi, the king who was removed from power by force, him and his forefathers, has returned. He's here. He sent us forward. It's a very dangerous time. Uh, we are asking the Muslim people to be aware of this fact, and we're leaving them the choice on what it is that they want to do. We're saying that the world has gotten to a very bad place. It's very dangerous right now. Yeah. You have uh, the Muslims in Pakistan, uh, you know, and the government over there striking Iran, Iran striking Pakistan. You got Yemen is striking and sending missiles uh, over, uh, you know, into, uh, you know, against the Israelis. So you have, um, you know, danger all over the entire region and a lot of things going on that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger would never approve. And there, uh, we're on our way towards a third world war, uh, a nuclear war that's going to cause a lot of Muslims to die and suffer. And the, all of this suffering is unnecessary uh, because uh, Imam al-Mahdi he can solve it all peacefully without shedding a drop of blood right and with no violence whatsoever he can he he has the wisdom and the ability to establish peace amongst the muslims and between the muslims and all of the other nations uh, they have an opportunity to live in prosperity if they want to and if they reject imam mahdi uh, and they choose to continue following these maniacs uh, that are speaking in the name of Islam, like the leaders of Iran and Iraq and Saudi Arabia and uh, these militia groups that are in Lebanon and, uh, and these false tyrants uh, that are appointed as monarchs. Um, you know, even if they're called presidents, in reality, they're just monarchs like Sisi of Egypt and uh, the kings of, of uh, Tunisia and Libya and uh, Morocco and, uh, and Sudan and all these other uh, so-called Muslim countries. Uh, they're all illegitimate rulers that are stealing from their people billions and billions of dollars and they are only benefiting their tight closed circle of criminal co-conspirators um you know and they're only benefiting them and their family members and it shouldn't be like that there is another family that has the right to rule and that's the family of muhammad and muhammad only wants justice and uh you know peace and prosperity for all of the muslims around the world my goodness the muslims uh, they should be the best people on the planet 
um, and their nations should be the most advanced nations on the planet and certainly they have enough wealth in them uh, to be able to uh, you know be the world's leaders in terms of science and technology and and uh, you know in, in 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 every other aspect that civilizations and societies compete in and uh, they're reduced to nothing but scum just like the prophet muhammad um you know predicted that, that they would be they would be so many but they would be like scum why because they have abandoned the choice of god and the choice of the prophet muhammad and they've held on tight to um, uh, people that are nasibis, that are uh, ignorant, that are uh, uh, traitors and thieves uh, and wolves that are cloaked as sheep. And um, yeah, so we call everybody to give a chance, you know, that they pay really close attention uh, to this message uh, over the coming period. And um, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open the hearts of the Muslims uh, to at least give an opportunity, a chance to examine this call that comes with a letter of appointment from the Prophet Muhammad, the Holy Will, and a call that is the only call on the face of the planet that is saying that only God has the right to appoint a leader. That's the supremacy of Allah. And that is the key aspect of Islam Judaism and Christianity and a call that proclaims to have knowledge that that is far more superior uh, than any of these other clerics and scholars out there have on a religious scale they have no they have no chance in competing with the knowledge that Imam al-Mahdi comes with him and his successors are more knowledgeable of the Torah and the Gospels and the Quran than any of these so-called Islamic scholars that are out there, uh, you know, today. And we're trying to save the world from a catastrophe that is about to happen, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, whose, whose root cause is uh, these, these criminals that are ruling these, these countries uh, in the name of Islam, unfortunately. So thank you so much, Dr. FM, for joining me. Thank you so uh, much for having me. And God bless you. <laughs> and inshallah, we'll continue in another episode. Look forward to it. I'm sorry.